What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 78. My name is Josh Tone. I'm joined by my good friend, as always, Brett Roberts. Brett, hello. Hey, what's up? This guy. Really? No? All right, I'll leave. What's going on? Um, Lots of stuff. Not really, actually. Kind of a slow news uh, week cycle event time in the gaming space right now yeah but there are a couple big things that have been announced and some things that have leaked and we're going to be talking about them today right here yes on this podcast yes um first of all unscripted uh we have a podcast called unscripted it is a additional podcast to regular have to cast and it's audio only. It's available on all of our uh, podcast platforms. Audio only. It's not going to be put on YouTube. Uh, but you can, however, go to our YouTube, ta- yeah, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Intel. And on there, you will see a preview of all of the episodes that we are going to be releasing. So you can get a little taste to see if that episode is good for you. And then go listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, whatever else, everywhere. Amazon Music, anywhere. everywhere. On That's going live Thursday, correct? Yeah, so we have a new one. It's going to go live on Thursday, and the preview is going to go live on Thursday as well. So, and let me uh, tell if you're you, watching this live, there you go. And let me tell you something. I think this is a good one. I think it's a good one too. We have a special guest joining us. You'll be able to tell who the guest is by the name of the episode. Uh, so, oh wow, yeah. What is the so, name of the episode? You want to you want to tease that now or no? Because I don't even know. I'll, I'll say it. It gives it away, but no, that's okay. No, 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 no. no. Uh, okay no don't give it away people have to go look at that okay on, thir- on thursday so very special guest calling into the show very uh, celebrity guest. celebrity guest the biggest biggest name that we've ever had you know so a lot different than you think he'd be yeah uh, private yeah pretty cool uh big announcement on there too uh, unfortunately it was a little nda slip but uh you know i think it's been taken care of and uh that's right, frankly, we got a special guest, so you have to take a listen to that on Thursday. Uh, I'm assuming that the, the guest might be in the preview, or no? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Um, yeah, so you'll get a little taste of the, like maybe four or five minutes of that segment, uh, which is like the main segment of the show, and then you can go and listen to the full podcast that's right. on the audio platforms. So. That's right. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, merch, you want to talk about merch real quick? Yeah, we have some merch. I'm not wearing it right now, and also you're not wearing the shirt. Oh, but wearing, you wearing are. You are wearing our hat. It's our Haptic Intel logo hat. You can go grab that at hapticintel.com slash merch. Yep. And we have a lot of new shirts that we just dropped on there. We have our Cult of Slick design. Uh, there's two col- uh, colorways for that, two different versions of the shirt. Uh, we have, what else do we have on there? God of War shirt. God of War uh, parody shirt. It says, that's mm-hmm. awesome, dude. The Hucking uh, Faptic shirt. The Hucking Faptic shirt, which is our uh, unclaimed baggage Sure. And there's a, I think there might be a colorway on there. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, slick boy shirt. Slick and boys and hat. Yeah, that's a good one as well. So uh, we keep them really reasonably priced. If you can, please go and support us. Honestly, it's more so, it's not even like monetarily supporting us. It's more so just like you wearing it because we're not making really any money off these shirts. Yeah, I actually, hardly. as a meme, made most of the shirts have 69 in them if possible. And you'll yeah. notice the pricing for a lot of them have 69 in them. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome, yeah, it's just dude. cool. It's just cool to see our logo and our designs that we make. So that is go check out our merch. Absolutely. All right. Quick topic rundown. Uh, we're going to be doing our media consumption update as always. Lots of stuff yes. on there actually this week. Uh, some good stuff to talk about. Uh, then we have the Abysmal Chronicles video game releases. Uh, one in particular that I'm interested in talking about <coughs> in there. Um, and then some Abysmal stories. Uh, Midnight Suns getting delayed. Uh, YouTube having quote unquote first ever interactive and gaming live stream, which is just freaking gobbledygook uh sonic movie producer working on a pac-man movie um super punch Yikes. out uh uh cheat uh some elden ring stuff uh and then some iron man stuff from ea and then of course our main main topic is uh, alone in the dark being leaked potentially coming back with a new game um lots to talk about there and then um talking about the abysmal state of playstation the playstation store uh some really yeah. abysmal shovelware that is just crowding the playstation store and then wrapping it up with indie intel as always and this week we're talking about squirrel with a gun 
Uh, so you're going to want to buckle in for that. But, uh, Brett, without further ado, let's hop into it. Let's start with our media consumption update. All right. So movies, I only watched two films in the last week, and it they were Army of Darkness. Yes, which I also watched. Yeah, it's an Evil Dead movie. I, I guess we'll just both talk about it now. Really good. Slick. Awesome. Love it. We slacked next, on next it for question. a long time. We did yeah. for some reason because we watched Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then the remake of Evil Dead years ago. I think we actually did that around the time that the remake came out, the Fetty Alvarez one, correct? Right. Am I think about yeah. that correctly. Um, and then, yeah, for some reason, we just never got around to Army of Darkness. Um, but follow up to evil dead too right which is why but we wanted to get to it because i i think we're also both interested in the tv show which i believe you started as well oh i didn't even write that yeah i watched one episode of ash versus the evil dead i'll i'll just say that now uh it's good it's funny yeah the special effects aren't as good as i thought they would be but yeah. uh it's pretty good yeah yo christian what's up yo you christian of course of uh say before quitting fame what up say before quitting fam what up Fame, not uh, fame. I know. I was just oh, I understand. saying to the fam. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and then I also watched a short film called My Little Goat. Oh. Which you also which watched. Which I also watched. Very disturbing little film, stop motion. It is, but first of all, it's a good time to be in here, Christian, because I think you should watch that first and foremost. Um, yeah. I think you would like it. But also, I found it, it is very disturbing. Um, yeah. But uh, I think, I found it also very endearing, too. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like an Adult Swim. It's like Adult Swim content with like an actual message behind it that's pretty sweet and uh something that don't, doesn't get talked about very much either. I think. Yeah, it's uh um, you know? it's pretty good. Uh, it's called My Little Goat. Yeah, My Little Goat, mm -hmm. and it's on a specific streaming service that is good. That's right. Games. Uh, I've been playing Vampire Survivors, which is on Steam, and it's also on Game Pass for PC. Mm -hmm. It is a very slick little game. It's like $2 on Steam. It is super fun. Uh, I recommended it to Josh. He's playing it now, and we're I both am. like addicted to it. Yeah. So Very good. It's probably the best roguelite I've ever played in my entire life. Yeah, and it's actually the number two best-selling game on Steam right now because of the Steam Deck. So many people are buying it for their yeah. Steam Deck. Runs great. It's the perfect the game to just pick up and just play, you know? Yep. Waste some time. Uh, I also have been playing a little horny game called House Party on Steam, on my Steam Deck. And it's basically a porn game, essentially. But it's more than that in that. And I know I'm defending this like porn game, but it kind of broke into the mainstream because the Game Grumps uh, let's played it. And then they added the Game Grumps into the game mm. as characters. So like it's like a, it's like a porn game, but it's not a porn game. There's actually a story to it, and there's actually like little character moments. I would say it's similar to like a persona in that you're trying to befriend all of the characters and increase your like friend meter. Uh, but once you get them to a certain point, you can engage in acts with them. And if you have the DLC, you can engage in very explicit acts with the characters in the game. Um, so I uh, yeah, I've been playing that. <laughs> And it's pretty good. Uh, right. And then, oh, they're adding a Doja Cat DLC later this year, too. Wow. So it's like it's it's not like this, like. I mean, it is a little indie game, but like they have this weird cult following and these celebrities are like doing DLC with them. So what have we come to indeed? Yeah. Hey, so man, check it out. I don't judge. House party on Steam. You don't have to get the explicit content, you know, and then you don't have to see any of the explicit explicit content. You could just play. Why the game. else would I be playing that game? That's my question yeah, to you. To complete the quests. You think I care about that? Like, there's this guy that sits in front of the liquor cabinet because the whole point is like characters be like, dude, I, I need some booze. Like, you you basically have like a little fetch quest, and the character will be like, I need some booze, and you'll be like, okay, so you go over to the liquor cabinet, and there's a guy who's straight edge. And he's like, I am letting anyone drink at this party, bro. And if you open the liquor cabinet, he immediately punches you and knocks you out and it's game over. So you have to like find things in the house that you can use to then distract him to get him away from the liquor cabinet. But if you take too much from the liquor cabinet, he knows and he'll beat you up and then you lose. Um, Sounds like you've ran through a couple of these scenarios in the game. Yeah. Okay. 
And then he was like, if you take a picture of this girl's boobs, I'll let you have boobs and I won't say anything. And I went to the girl and I was like, yo, this guy said if I take a picture of your boobs, I can get alcohol for you. And she was like, okay. And then you do that and then you give him the camera and then he lets you get the booze, but then he doesn't give you the camera back until you win his truck and then you can get the camera back and you can take more pictures of, of stuff. Anyway, um, it's very much like Newgrounds era game, you know? I also played a non-horny game called Jazz Punk Director's Cut. <laughs> All right. Which is just a very surreal, weird game. Let me change I don't know that A with nine in jazz. Jizz punk, yeah, that's the uh, that is the sexual explicit version of jazz punk. Yeah, I haven't heard uh, of this. Check it out; it's cool. It's it's cheap. It's a cheap little game, um, but it, it's weird. It's very weird and like surreal and funny and like meta, fourth wall breaking. It's a cool little game, first person, similar to House Party in like that. There's quests and you have to like, you know, someone mm-hmm. will be like. Hey, I need you to go here and do this. But he's like very vague and you figure out what you have to do and then you complete the mission. It's very similar. Um, gotcha. So. All right. All right. That's all I got. What have you been watching, playing and sucking off? Got to get the Steam Deck Fleshlight collab case with the Steam Dusty on the back. Sorry. It sounds like it's going to storm outside of uh, HQ. All right. Um. So... Everything that we had crossover on, we'd mentioned, so I won't dwell on that. Um, I I saw Nope, mm-hmm. uh, the movie Nope, which uh, was awesome. Uh, I yeah. told told you, I think it's my favorite Jordan Peele movie, uh, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I'm glad I saw it in the theater first of all, and I'm also, um, it was really kind of like a spectacle. Like I was, I was honestly in awe at the end of the movie like which it, goes to the theme of the movie too in a way yeah no for sure it is um it is really awesome uh it is a really really phenomenal film uh and i highly recommend it so real quick before you continue uh christian in the chat says he saw bullet train and that it was goofy and a good time isn't that the one is that the one with uh, brad pitt in it yeah i actually think it looks pretty cool too so maybe i'll go check that out on your recommendation i've, I've heard it's not good really yeah I think, uh, it, has, I wanted that to dude, be I think it has like a sub two on Letterboxd. No, I wanted that movie to be good so bad. I don't think it is. Maybe it I is. Feel, maybe it's entertaining. Yeah, maybe like we'll like it, but the, you know, yeah. critics didn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, Nope is great. Uh, games, Vampire Survivors, like we talked about. Um, really great, roguelite. Uh, I've been playing pretty much only stuff on my Steam Deck. Um, Fallout 3, mainly. Uh, I've been playing mm. Fallout 3 a lot. I'm just, I'm in there. Uh, I love that game. I forgot how good it is um, and how maybe it's just because of recency bias. I think I haven't played it in a really long time and I've played um, Fallout New Vegas more recently than that. Mm. Um, but you, you you are correct in the sense that that world is really, 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 really cool and very, Great. yes, very yeah. interesting. Um, and I don't think all of the both accuracy of American history and the injecting of alternate history really struck me as much as a kid, Mm. but I'm re going through it. And there is stuff that is so cool as far as how they alternate American, like actual American history and how they inject what happened to lead us to this world within it. And there is stuff that is so cool that, must have just went over my head as a kid. Uh, I also probably didn't read as much as I am now as a kid, to be honest with you. Right. Um, I'm really playing it very slow. Um, I am like maybe 12 hours in, and um, I think I did two story missions. <laughs> I'm wow. just I'm just in it, and I'm loving it, and I forgot how imaginative and fun and uh, how awesome the sense of discovery is in that game. Yeah, that was their first go-around at like a first person open world fallout game the other ones were in that style right so yeah um and i set it, the at the bar and it runs great on steam deck so yeah timmy says hello brett hello timmy yo what up brother um so yeah that, that's been a lot of fun to get back to that uh, also <laughs> all caps too jesus yeah he screamed it uh, <laughs> also playing uh persona 4 golden again uh, on my steam deck uh yeah that's right 
Uh, love that game. Um, also, I've been playing... I picked up a little game called Super Perils of Baking. Are you familiar, yeah, what, are you familiar no, with I've, this game? I've seen you playing it. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it is a game written by Colin Moriarty and developed by Lily Mo Games, of which he is the founder of. It I had is, no idea he was involved. Oh, yeah. He he is the writer for Lily Mo Games. They've done a couple of other ones. But I picked it up. Um, it's cool. It's cute. It's nice. It's interesting. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, platformer. Mm. Uh, and it's like a pretty hardcore platformer. Why is it called the Super Perils of Baking? Basically, the point of the game is you have to go around and kill enemies, and the enemies are uh, baked goods. Oh. But they're like evil baked goods, and you have to collect them. And what did Colin Moriarty bring to the table with this? He wrote the game. Does it have a lot of writing? Yes. Uh. The, the narrative, yeah. Yeah, and he's also the co-founder of that studio. Okay. Why are you playing the crickets? I think it's cool, but like when you said he was writing a game, I didn't expect it to be like a platform indie. Well, platformer. this is this is a remake of their first game that they ever did years ago. They've done oh. several since then, uh, right. and are doing something else now. But yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's fine. I don't know. It's fine. I wanted to support the cause, so I did. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, really, I heard that they that which actually kind of ties into one of our main topics, which is the PlayStation Store being abysmal right. with Discovery. Uh, the game did not sell really well and was buried, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to support it. But I bought it on Steam instead. Um, and then, lastly, for games, uh, I played the Cult of the Lamb demo. How is that? I don't think it's going to be for me. I, I feel like the art style is cool, but I haven't seen any gameplay that struck me. I don't like it. Really? I really don't like it, uh, which is a shame because I really and maybe I'll still buy it um, just to support support the devs. But it's a roguelike hardcore with resource management mechanics. Mm. Like don't starve. Not maybe not quite as deep resource management. I mean, I mean, it's interesting in the sense that like you get like you're playing one character, but you have to indoctrinate followers to your cult, basically. Right. Um, and then you have to make sure that they are taken care of, which is where the resource management comes in. And you have to build stuff, cook food for them, assign them tasks. And there's like this whole other kind of metagame within the actual roguelike part of it that just i don't know if i'm feeling you know i'm sorry i thought yeah i also got the same vibe so, right from looking at it it looks it looks so cool it's a really nice art style i think that developer is really talented i think the game is actually going to do really well and get reviewed really well um and i and i hope it does but it's it's not not for me unfortunately that is very unfortunate. So try out the demo if you want to. It's on Steam. Um, I think you can you can play it until you die. Um, so you know, try it out. See if you like it. Not for me, but all right. <clears throat> and then wrapping it up, TV and anime. Uh, Better Call Saul. Still watching it. Watched the penultimate episode last night. It's fucking awesome. And also, I finished season. Well, at least what's out of Attack on Titan. So I'm caught up. I won't lick you till you come. Uh, Attack on Titan is very good. I do not want to wait until next year for more. And I'm mad at myself that I was gaslit into fucking watching it. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but dude, it's so good. It, that's the problem. And if you've only seen season one of Attack on Titan. It goes to places you will never believe. So, yeah, and now I can't believe I have to wait. I know. So I'm really upset that mm. I have to wait, but it's good. You know anyway. what you don't have to wait for very long. What's that? God of War Ragnarok coming out in November, baby. <laughs> yes. Let's go, dude. So anyway, that's all that, I have. That's all. That's all you got. That's all you got. Yep. All right, well then, how about we roll the intro for our podcast and we'll get into the Abysmal Chronicles. 
Hit the button. All right, everybody, time for the Abysmal Chronicles. If you don't know what the Abysmal Chronicles are, it's a chronicling of the most abysmal news stories that we could find on the internet that were just a little bit too abysmal to make it as our main topics for the show. We always start off with the upcoming video game releases. That way you know what's coming out, you know what you can buy and when they come out. So first up, we got Thymesia, which is another fake video game. Mm This one comes out PC, PS5, and Xbox Series S and X on August 9th. That's today. Which is today. Two Point Campus comes out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch today. This is getting reviewed really well. If you like sim games, it might you might want to check it out. Yeah, and it's actually been hyped up pretty, pretty yeah. big, too, for a, a while. It's getting reviewed really well. Lost in Play, a game for PC and Switch, comes out tomorrow, August 10th. Arcade Paradise comes out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on August 11th. The game that Josh was just talking about, Cult of the Lamb, comes out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, and Xbox One, and Switch on August 11th. Tower of Fantasy is coming out for just the PC on August 11th. This is a big one for PC players. Marvel Spider-Man Remastered coming out on PC August 12th. Steam Deck Verified. Steam Deck Verified, baby. Uh, Voyage is coming out for PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, PS4, Xbox One, Switch on August 12th. And Backpack Hero is coming out on PC August 15th. I think I... Didn't we play Backpack Hero on the show? Yes. So. Have to get Intel seal of approval uh, August 15th. That's right. Let's hop into the stories, Josh. This next one is about Midnight Suns, the Marvel game, the XCOM Marvel game. Unfortunately, or fortunately for some that don't care, uh, Midnight Suns is now delayed with no new date being issued. This is coming from VGC. Yeah. Publisher 2K Marvel's Midnight Suns. uh, That's what the game is called. Uh, In a statement published on Monday, 2K said that the game, which was only recently issued an October release date, would now arrive sometime during its current fiscal year, which ends in March of 2023. Quote, we have made the decision to move back the launch timing of Marvel's Midnight Suns to ensure the teams at Fire Axis Games, Fair Axis Games, and and us at 2K deliver the best possible experience for our fans, they said. The game is being developed by Firaxis Games, the studio known for the XCOM games. However, the game also features a relationship-building system similar to some other turn-based strategy games, most notably the Fire Emblem franchise. So this next point here, I just want to preface by saying that I added it because it sounds like the game is actually pretty good behind closed doors. So that's why I added this next part. That's good. Uh, VGC's Jordan Midler, who recently traveled to Firaxis to see Midnight Suns in action, wrote, quote, we're pleasantly surprised and impressed with Marvel's Midnight Sun so far, and we can't remember the last time our expect our expectations were subverted so thoroughly between what we thought the game was and what it actually is. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, quote: The combat encounters are sophisticated, challenging, and a lot of fun, and the social aspects aspects of the game are a real dark horse. Those quiet moments between the missions are what could really make Midnight Suns a classic, and from what we've seen, it's off to a good start. End quote. Yeah, so I think the reason I wanted to include that last point is because I think when I first saw this prod, this story, I was like, uh oh, 
you know, probably probably not good. I don't mean I don't really care about this game anyway, but I was like, ah, probably not good. Oh well, whatever. And then I saw, you know, at the bottom of the VGC article their take on it um, from the early impressions. I was like, hmm, okay, so maybe maybe there is actually something here. Maybe the game, you know, will ultimately benefit from this delay, and it's not. I saw it at first, and I was like, I think the game's in trouble. And then I saw this, and I was like, right. mm, maybe they just really do need more time to polish or something. So It's interesting, because I was in the same boat as Jordan Midler from VGC, where I thought the game looked pretty not good, and it seems like his expectations were subverted, and maybe mine will be too when the game finally comes out. I yeah. do like that relationship system. I just don't like that style of game. Yeah, XCOM-style combat has never been yeah. for me. Yeah, so I, I don't really know if I'm going to dabble yeah. in this, but... But could be interesting. It's I mean, yeah. one of the more interesting parts about it, I think, if you remember, is that you're playing a completely original character. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of interesting, so... Yeah, and I think the overall aesthetics of the game look cool, too. And all yeah. the characters look cool in their new outfits and whatnot. Yeah. All yeah. right. Moving on. Okay. YouTube will hold the first ever interactive gaming live stream. Okay, you need to make sure you re-quote, put that in... Say that in quotes, dude. YouTube will hold the first ever interactive gaming live stream. Yeah, bullshit. Uh, this, this is coming from VGC. Uh, YouTube has announced the first ever interactive gaming live stream, YouTube Game On. The platform's self-proclaimed biggest gaming special ever will stream on Saturday, August 27th at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and feature around two hours of content hosted by more than 60 popular creators. Quote, this fully interactive live stream celebrates the diversity of gaming content that makes up YouTube gaming culture, from entertaining gaming challenges and surprise gameplay moments to honoring classic game anniversaries, all of which are inspired by the most popular trends on the platform, unquote. What does that even mean? Uh, Gobbledygook. Viewers will be able to play along by voting in real time on unique gaming challenges and influence how the stream will play out, according to YouTube. Games featured in this stream include Among Us, Fall Guys, Fortnite, Free Fire, Friday Night Funkin', Grand Theft Auto V, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat 11, Poppy Playtime, Rocket League, Street Fighter VI, Trackmania, and more. That is the most normie lineup of video games I have ever heard in my life. I keep going, dude. <clears throat> We're not done. Creators yet. featured in the event include Courage, Dream, Markiplier, The Grumps, etc., with more to be announced. Yeah, there was, I mean, I mean, first of all, let's, let's be clear on what they uh, mean. Let me be clear. What they mean by, what did they say? The biggest gaming, whatever they mean, special the, ever. They mean the most subscriber per capita of influencers jammed in to one show that has right. no audience right that nobody cares about right. and nobody wants right and, and I'm for, the, the sorry the first ever interactive gaming live stream youtube have you been have you been asleep at the wheel for the last 10 years they're catching up dude where where have you been did you know that Which... full games and full platforms exist solely for that, right? right? Which they do Pokemon. understand that. They do get that, right? Like, yeah. that's not a new thing. Games have Twitch integration now that impact the, the game based on the stream. Um, Twitch plays Pokemon is literally an interactive, or Twitch plays, I guess, in general now. Um, such a big part of gaming culture and internet culture and history. Yeah, but you know? also voting on stuff. I mean, all the Jackbox games... I mean, there's a million games out there that allow you to interact with the people doing it. And then Twitch oh, right. also has polls and like, like, this is not new. Well, I know. I imagine that what they're saying is that the, the polls are going to affect the game. In real what time, a novel, which is what I'm saying. What a novel. Idea. I know. I know. I'm saying it's already been done. That's so. exactly. And, and, and here, here's my real crux. And then we can move on. I know they haven't announced all of them. And this is a very abbreviated list. I cut out a bunch that they already announced. But creators, right, most impactful creators. There's some two significant people missing from this lineup. One is Tim Ninja. the Tat one is well, I don't care about Ninja. One is Tim the Tatman and the other one is Dr. Disrespect. 
Where are they yes. at? And I'll tell you where they're at. They're not included because they're not, quote-unquote, in the in crowd. Ninja. I, I I hate everything about this. I truly do. Ninja. So uh, The Sonic Movies producer is working on a live-action Pac-Man movie. This is coming from VGC. A live-action Pac-Man movie is currently in development. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the big-screen adaptation of the arcade classic will be based on an original idea by Chuck Williams, the producer behind Sega's successful Sonic the Hedgehog movie. What do you think about this, dude? Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm about to move on. Let's let's go back and think about how we reacted to no. the Sonic movie. No. Sonic yes. movie was bad and they fixed it. I know, but it worked. And now they have two that are pretty good. Just go watch Pixels, dude. Live action Pac-Man. You don't think this could work? No. Damn. This is like when they made a battleship fucking movie. But it's the same team as Sonic. You don't think there's a world in which this could work? Dude, I don't want to watch a movie where Aaron Taylor Johnson and a fucking CGI Pac-Man go ghost hunting, my man. That sounds fucking dumb. You know it's going to be ghost hunting or some shit because they because the ghosts they have to incorporate a ghost element. What else is Pac Man? He eats dots. What else would the movie be? He eats fruit and dots, dude. How is any of that live action? What what would you even do? He eats fruit and dots, dude. That put that on. On a fucking t-shirt. Dude, it's bad. Pinky, blinky, dinky, and rinky, dude. The ghosts. Is it... What? Is it like they're going to come out of the game? And then they're in the real world. Dude, I walk don't through, know. Dude, walk through this with me. Make it make sense. It what doesn't. Is the it doesn't. I'm just what playing is the devil's Pac-Man advocate. Movie? I don't know. Unless it's not about a CG, but here's the thing: it's by the Sonic guy. All right, here's... so you, you you would imagine it's a CGI Pac-Man, just like it's a CGI. Because what uh, they could do is a Battleship, where right. it's called Battleship. It's inspired by the game Battleship, right. but really, it's just a movie about two ships. All right, ready? Right? Here's, what, here's what it is. Here's my pitch: since there's all the rights issues with Miss Pac-Man, like frankly says in the chat, is he divorcing Miss Pac-Man? Yes, that's the story. Pac- I don't even want any of that. Pac-Man. Pac-Man is di- divorcing Miss Pac-Man, but Miss Pac-Man is not in the movie because they don't have the rights to it. So she's only alluded to it. Aaron Taylor Johnson is the lawyer that helps Pac-Man in divorce court. Dude. I don't want any of that. I don't want it. I don't want to explore Pac-Man's history. I want Pac-Man to be like a virus, like a little glitch, dude, that comes out and everyone's like terrified of him. Like that's... I don't want him to be like, I'm Pac-Man from Pac-Man World, and we have fruits and dots and ghosts. I don't want that. I'm not. This isn't set a Sonic, dude. It's not Sega Sonic. You don't just get to go, oh, Green Hill Zone. I'm Sonic from Green Hill Zone. This is Tails. You know what Pac-Man has? Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man, dots, and they fruit. Don't, they don't even have Miss Pac-Man. Pac-Man, dots, and fruit. And ghosts. I was going to say, don't forget about the ghosts. And then they turn blue. Dumb. Moving on. Super Punch-Out for the Super Nintendo. A secret two-player mode has been found after 28 years. This is coming from Kotaku. Uh, Super Punch-Out, the 1994 SNES game released as a sequel to the 1987 NES original game, Mike Tyson's Punch Out or simply Punch Out uh, is a single uh, is a single player game. The game is a single player game. While messing around with some game with the, are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're just funny, dude. Why? <laughs> You're just funny. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Christian put in the chat that he's laughing at the way that you're saying dots. Dots, dude. <laughs> And I agree with him. It's funny. All right. 
I'll start over. Um, no, basically, don't, don't uh, start over. No, I'm starting over. Uh, Super Punch Out, the sequel to uh, the NES classic Punch Out or Mike Tyson's Punch Out. A recent discovery has been made. <coughs> Sorry, uh, I shouldn't have started over. Um, a secret two-player mode has been discovered by entering a cheat code or something. I don't know. Um, while messing around with the game recently, unlisted cheats casually found some new cheats for the game uh, using the same two-button combo mes- method as with cheats already known. They found at character info screen, <laughs> if you hold B and Y and then press A or start, from now, the, now on, the CPU opponent can be controlled from Joypad 2. So you can fight against the real person. Uh, these cheats also work on the version of the game that is available on Nintendo Switch Online. Pretty cool. So you can play two players in Super Punch Out. It's pretty cool that uh, people are finding cheats that work 28 years later. I like it's it. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool, dude. I wonder if they have any cheats that make the dots appear in the game, dude. Uh <sighs> All right, let's get serious because this is a, this is a good one. <clears throat> Elden Ring. We're gonna talk about Elden Ring today. Elden Ring's big patch reveals an accidental hard mode. And do you want to know how that hard mode is enabled? Eating dots. Wearing a dress. So if you ever ran around with the deathbed dress with an Elden Ring, you were playing on hard mode. Up until now, wearing the dress actually made enemies notice you more easily, even if you were crouched. If you happened to use any charge attacks while wearing the deathbed dress, ally characters would somehow take damage. Yes. That's abysmal. Uh, Yeah, it was patched out. The reason that it's, well, coming to light is because it was in the patch notes today. They got patched like 1.06 or something like that, so... And the woman in the game that wears the deathbed dress also is notorious for if you let her hug you, she gives you a debuff that not right. a lot of people knew was actually a debuff. They, could, right. they didn't know what was going on. Right. What's so her name? Phila? Phila? Fia. Fia something like that. Yeah. And if you did that and wore her dress, basically, you were just abysmal at yeah. the game. You so. just fucked. Yeah. And it's something that just broke, actually. Elden Ring may be coming to Game Pass. Yeah. Which is fucking insane. So... Uh, Elden Ring might be coming to Game Pass and or xCloud. Some images from the Microsoft Microsoft Store, the, the Microsoft Store show it being cloud enabled and a loading screen showed it as being a part of Game Pass Ultimate for some users. Right. No official word on either scenario yet, but Xbox did announce they would bring non Game Pass games to xCloud in the future. Apparently they did this back in June. Uh, and this all originated from the user Bazad. B-E-H-Z-A-D underscore A-B-D on Twitter. Yeah, so basically Bazad was going on uh, xCloud or the store or something like that, and this popped up, so he took a screenshot of it and posted it on Twitter, and then it was picked up by um, Game Pass, whatever this Twitter account is, Game Pass counter. Right. And what this means is if you have a Steam Deck or a PC or a phone, if it does come to Game Pass, that is, or xCloud, You'll be able to stream Elden Ring on those devices. I can't wait until I can just have <clears throat> Game Pass innately on my Steam Deck. I know. I know they're working on it, but yeah. All right, next story. Electronic Arts is rumored to be making an Iron Man game, but it's super early in development. This is coming from Gaming Bolt. Following rumors of Electronic Arts allegedly working on an open world single player Black Panther game, Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb revealed that it was working on another single-player Marvel title. Insider Tom Henderson later commented, saying he has heard it was Iron Man, but he wasn't sure. However, back in June, Xbox-era co-founder Nick Baker had talked about a Marvel game the publisher was apparently developing. Apparently developing. Uh, Baker refused to give many clues, but in the recent Xbox era podcast, he confirmed that it was indeed an Iron Man game. Mm. Quote, yes, Iron Man is in the game that I had heard. Before I mentioned Iron Man, I showed Jeff Grubb my DM that said EA was working on Iron Man. Tom Henderson heard the same. He just wasn't sure. And part of the reason I never mentioned Iron Man is because it's super, super, super early. Like so early, in fact, that there's a chance it still doesn't happen. 
That's how early this is. It's like ridiculously early, unquote. Question. I think it's many years too late for an Iron Man game, but that's just me. What do you think? Question. Well, I agree with you. <clears throat> I also have a question for you. What's up? Why would Marvel trust EA with anything? I don't know. Why would you trust EA to develop anything? They trusted Square Enix. Yeah, but Square Enix has a better track record than EA does. Look at what EA did to Star Wars. I know. If this is not being developed by Respawn inside EA, why are you trusting EA with it at all? Dude, maybe they were just like optioning it out to people and maybe they had a good pitch at a good price. That's right, frankly. Fucking dots, dude. That's what I feel about this game. Dots. Dots. Uh, I wanted to, I wrote in the notes here, EA also made that game Anthem, which bombed hard. Yeah, big time. And I was, I was thinking maybe. I was Bioware, by the way. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Bioware would take this project on. uh, I don't know why Bioware still exists. I don't either. But the movement and flight mechanics in that game were very similar to like an Iron Man. They're just gonna make. They're just gonna re-release Anthem, but with a Iron Man mod, dude. Maybe. I, I I gotta tell you, I don't care about this at all. Yeah, especially if it's like years away. Like, why would I care about this? You know what I mean? Yeah, Five I, years from now. I agree. If it ain't Insomniac making it, why, why are we? Why are we doing anything? Why is anybody working with EA on anything? Right. Why all of their studios blow except for Respawn? Right. Literally every studio is bad. Inside of there. Right. Well, you know, it's not bad, Josh. W Energy. Yeah, I just finished podcast mine. sponsor. I just finished mine. I had I had this whole thing and now it's gone. So let me tell you the deal. Oh, that's a nice shaker. Is that a is that a W shaker or no? No, this is just a blender bottle. Regular oh, blender okay. bottle shaker. That's a nice shaker. Um, the W one's good, too. So if you don't know what W is, ladies and gentlemen, W was formulated to give you Focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. They're, I was going to say they're nootropics, but their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor. There's no calories, there's no sugar, there's no artificial colors, no fillers, none of the bad stuff, but all of the good stuff. Listen, if, if you're getting energy drinks every day to keep yourself awake or to, you know, perform better or, you know, study or go to work, no, no. Don't do that anymore because your current energy drink may cost anywhere between two to three dollars per can. However, Dubby costs one dollar per drink. The amount of powder it takes to make a nice beverage in this shaker cup here, one dollar worth. So, as we like to say here on Hapticast with Haptic Intel, the slick boys, if you find it hard to work or study, please use code SLICK to save on Dubby. That's right. You go to W.GG and you use code SLICK. You'll save 10% off your first order and any future order of W Energy. And that 10% you're saving goes right back to us in our wallets so we can continue to fund the show and buy more W for ourselves, right? So uh, thank you, W, for sponsoring us. Make sure you go to W.GG, use code SLICK. The code also works on their merch. They have awesome T-shirts, shaker cups, mm. all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, Haptic Intel uh, shaker cup coming soon. No, that's not true, but I wish it was. It is. Uh, uh, Krishna says he's going to make some for the Apex later. Hell yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I'll be on Apex after I drop a large item, a large dot in my toilet. All right, let's move on. Uh, some main topics here. Josh, which one would you like to cover? The PlayStation one? Yes. Okay, I'll cover this first one. So, listen, it's no secret, guys. We're big on leaks. We're big on rumors. We're big on leaks. We're big on all that shit. Our favorite leaker right now is a man that goes by, or woman, that goes by the name The Snitch on Twitter. So this story is coming from Push Square, and it is a apparent alone-in-the-dark leak. The Snitch, a leaker that has been proven to be Uh-oh. very, very reliable. What? Everybody just saw my DMs on Twitter. <gasps> Who were you talking to? I'm kidding. Uh, the snitch, a leaker that has been proven to be a very reliable leaker over the last few months, 
has another teaser for us. Their latest hint at what's to come is a quote that, though, some cursory Googling can be linked to Alone in the Dark. Oh, through some cursory Googling. Sorry, I read that line wrong. The line, quote, being afraid of the dark is what keeps most of us alive, unquote, is directly lifted from 2005's Alone in the, Alone in the Dark movie. Naturally, fans are taking this to mean something related to the game series is on the way. It's unclear at this point if we're talking about a remake or potentially a brand new entry in the series. And then here Josh put some series summaries in case you don't know what Alone in the Dark is, which guess what? I don't know much about Alone in the Dark myself, so let's read this. Alone in the Dark is a survival horror video game series originally developed, developed by Infogrames. Why'd they put an R there? I don't know. Why couldn't they just call it Infogames? It could also be a typo. I don't know. Okay. Developed by Infogrames. In most of the games, the player controls private investigator Edward Carnby. Are you Googling it? Yeah, let's find out. No, it is Infogrames. All right. That is a dumb name. Anyway. In most of the games, uh, the player controls private investigator Edward Carnby, who goes to investigate a haunted mansion or town that is full of undead creatures. This sounds pretty cool, actually. Uh, the series, particularly for its debut game, is widely acknowledged as the grandfather of survival horror and is often credited with the creation of the genre. The original story was based on the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, although later games in the series drew inspiration from other sources, including Voodoo, The Wild West, and the works of H.R. Geiger. Damn, this sounds slick. Dude, I know. That's why I incorporated some of this stuff, because like this literally sounds... I didn't know what it was, really, before today. I mean, right. tangentially, I knew. But all of this, and as, as you're reading and as I read it earlier today, I was like, damn, this sounds like something that's right up my alley. Yeah, and there's a movie, two movies, which... Um, so six installments of the game have been created with various themes and locations. Two comic books and two films were created based upon the games. So, like, I'm going to watch those movies and I'm going to try to get these games on my Steam Deck if possible and play them. Uh, in September of 2018, Atari SA sold the Alone in the Dark franchise to THQ Nordic. Uh, the last series entry was in 2015, which was... Uh, the title... Illumination. Yeah, the game is called Illumination. Sorry. And was not received well by critics or fans. That's usually how it goes. Uh, HQ HQ Nordic holds the rights THQ, to the horror. THQ, uh, THQ Nordic Sorry. holds the rights to the horror franchise, and wouldn't you know it, the publisher has a showcase in just a few days, on August twelfth. It all seems to be lining up pretty nicely, but obviously we should take this lightly for now. That said, the snitch hasn't really put a foot wrong so far. I don't know why I copied that last line there, but it's true. He hasn't put a foot wrong. That's right. Um, so this is pretty much confirmed. I mean, this will be at the THQ yeah. thing, I think. Anything he says has been confirmed. <clears throat> yeah, I, um, we could take it with a grain of salt if you want to, but my grain of salt is basically microscopic. So so when I first saw this, uh, the quote, I, I'm not familiar with it, obviously, um, but it says, being afraid of the dark is what keeps us most alive. And I instantly went to the game series The Darkness mm. um, because recently there was a leak where an Xbox ad came out and it showed an Xbox Series X and a disc, like a CGI rendering of a disc went into the console. And it was mm -hmm. a disc for a game that doesn't exist yet. And it was the Darkness 3. Mm. And people were like, why would Xbox let that fly? Is it a tease? Like, what is that? Like, why would they do that? So that was in my head. And I woke up and I saw this and I was like, oh, shit, the Darkness 3 is real. And then people were saying it was alone in the dark. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So neither do I, because uh, I actually... The first thing that I woke up to this morning was you sending me this on Twitter. Um, right. And I looked at it and uh, the, the tweet from the snitch. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And I so I looked at the comments and people were saying like, oh, Alan Wake, Alan Wake. I was like, I don't know about right. that. I was like, I don't really know about that, though. Like that isn't like it maybe tangentially is related to it. But I was like, I don't think they're ready to say anything about that. And I kept That's looking. why I sent it to you. I thought that it, maybe it was Alan Wake and you would know because you're a big Alan Wake guy. Right. No, I mean, it didn't strike me. I was like, is this something from the game? I don't really like darkness is a theme in the game, but I don't really remember <clears throat> right. any of that. Um, and then I just saw a bunch of like alone in the dark, alone in the dark, alone in the dark, alone in the dark. And then somebody in the actual Twitter comments replied with, you know, a linking to the quote from the, the game and, and all that stuff or the movie or whatever it was. Um, right. And then, uh, yeah, I read the Wikipedia thing. I was like, damn, this actually sounds pretty slick and cool. And uh, yeah, I don't awesome. know. 
it, it sounds cool. I mean, we love survival horror, one of our favorite genres. Horror is one of our favorite genres. And the themes. Yeah. <clears throat> and all of this has a lot of boxes that it checks for me. So I also want to get them. I think the first one was released in, what, 1998? Something like that. I, I think know. I think the original one was released in 1998. And it's a, what's on the PS1? I think. I could be wrong. Um but uh, yeah, I uh, I want to uh, I want to play it. I want to check them out. I'm gonna try to get them on my Steam Deck uh, through legal means only, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else on this, Brett? Uh, it looks like in 2008 is the one that I've always seen. I know, but the so se- it, the, the original series, right? But I think that the original series is like not the kind of game I would probably play. It well maybe it looks like Resident Evil One style take right. controls almost right um and the graphics are really bad not that that's a problem but um the one that I'm familiar with is the 2008 entry which was on PS3 maybe and okay. I think it's a I think it's a remake of the first one oh okay um it is a survival horror game fifth installment of the same series uh. PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, and Wii. There's a PlayStation 3 version as well with enhancements. It was also released on Windows in 2008. I can't see if it was a remake, though. Um, But you do play as Edward Carnby, so this is the one. That's something to look into. I think the other ones are going to be a little old and and not as uh, accessible for a modern audience, so. Well, there you have it. I guess we'll find out on the 12th of August, but uh, I think all signs point to uh, that this is real. Edward (laughs) Carnby. All right, Brett. Our next topic. This is something that I've wanted to talk to you about for a little bit, actually. As a most recent example, there's a game that's been listed on the PlayStation Store called Press X for trophies. Wow, you had that ready to go, huh? Yep. And it's absolutely abysmal. So it's just the latest posting an abysmal shovelware on the PlayStation Store. Now, you might remember previous oddities, Brett, such as My Name is Mayo or Mr. Masaji, which were fun platinum novelties, which I think we both have. Um, But the PlayStation Store is now getting absolutely overrun by easy trophies attached to low-effort titles aiming for big profits. If you go on the PlayStation Store right now, under what's new or coming you know, soon or whatever it is, <clears throat> it is all this shovelware garbage. I, I mean, yeah. all of it is shovelware garbage that is easy trophies for Platinums. Right. I mean, literally every single one. Right. And I experienced this when I got back from my month of being literally off the face of the planet going on be like, did I miss anything? Like what's what, what came out? And it's all of these shovelware games. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why am I just seeing this? So basically we've seen an avalanche of shovelware these past few months, mainly of which are asset swaps of the exact same game built around the idea of awarding a platinum in a minute or less. Right. I've seen these. Yeah. So, Taking a quick look as an example at Press X for trophies, uh, the product description of it makes a mockery of this PlayStation Store issue. And it says, quote, this is the product description. Games are often made to be challenging. Well, at least they used to be. These days, things are a little easier. Press X for trophies is a game made to help spread the word of how things should change and how the world of gaming is changing. It's slightly ironic, and the story is told through its trophy system. I actually love End that quote. This game is a meta example of PlayStation stores issue. I love that. <clears throat> this is a game that I think was made purely to get PlayStation attention and be like, Hey, your store is garbage, right? Fix it. I think so too. And I think that it's <clears throat> honestly a cool way to tell a story too, through the trophies. Um, I think that's cool. And I do think it's an issue. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add to the story? I, I mean, I think it's hurting 
it's hurting developers first and foremost. Right. I think perfect example, like I said at the top of the show, one of the reasons I bought Super Perils of Baking, even though I bought it on Steam, was that this tiny studio, Lilimo Games, right, which is an indie publisher or an indie developer, rather, they self-publish their stuff. They only sold a couple thousand copies where a game like that would normally do way better, especially with whoever you know, the, the name of the person attached to it. But the right. sense of discoverability on the PlayStation Store is completely gone. And yeah. you look at indie darlings from like the Xbox Live Arcade era, even the PlayStation 4 era, you look at a lot of the huge indie titles there that were made popular through discoverability and the high level of curation that the playstation store had and i also don't necessarily think this is just a playstation store problem it's not it's also an nintendo. xbox problem it's also a nintendo problem um maybe less so steam because they seem to have a much more highly curated front space of their store i eh, no, they have asset flops too but i mean yeah like the in general yeah um so i think this is a serious issue i don't know why this is asset i say acid flops asset flips flips i don't know why this is such an increasingly larger issue or becoming way more prevalent and i think part of it goes to playstation's new kind of mantra of making you know it more accessible to release games on their platform which maybe from a fundamental or a philosophical standpoint i agree that anybody should be able to make a game and try to get it out there but there's a difference between you know a small developer or publisher uh whether they're a small team or a single person working really hard to create something to get that out there versus right. people that are clearly doing it just to chase these garbage platinums you know, and make really high profit margins on a game that took them a day to code. All right, here's my, I'm going to give you my thoughts. Okay. We are guilty of buying these games to increase our trophy score. 100%. We are. 100%. Absolutely. Um, that being said, like you said, this is an issue on Nintendo. This is an issue on PlayStation. It's an issue on every platform, right? Mm. That Nintendo seal of approval is now gone. They don't have that anymore. Right. Uh, PlayStation, like you said, is making it more accessible to publisher games. And I think that is the biggest part for me is that I don't want them to take that away because then it's going to be harder for developers to put their games on the PlayStation store. It's going to cost more to put their games on the PlayStation store. And we might not get some games because of that. Right. So I don't want to do away with that. I don't want to make it harder for people to put their games out on my preferred platform. However, something has to be done. And I don't know what that is. One idea I'm thinking of immediately is, well, how about we restrict Platinums and you don't let games like this that have ridiculous trophies like somehow restrict them. It used to be that way. Even some like arcade games, like when I say arcade games, I mean like those medium tier games. Back in the day, they didn't have Platinums. Like right. only AAA games were allowed to have Platinums. So maybe we go back to that and just kind of restrict who's allowed to have Platinums and, and what a Platinum, like, what you know what I mean? Like, what level a game has to be at to get a Platinum. Uh, because that doesn't hurt the game getting released. It doesn't hurt the game. I mean, sure, surely a Platinum will make a game sell well for PlayStation fans. But I think that I think that that's one solution that could that could fix this. However, then you look at Nintendo and you're like, well, that wouldn't fix the problem on, on Nintendo because there's still abysmal shovelware games on Nintendo and they don't have trophies. Well, I think the problem on Nintendo's platform is a little bit different, and it's that people are abusing the sale system on mm. Nintendo. So they will put a game up for $30 and then put it on sale for one cent, and then it shows that it's like 90% off or 99% off, and it goes to the top of the best deal section or great deal section, and then people buy it because it's only a, a cent, and then it boosts it in the top downloaded, right? So I think that there's an abuse going on on Nintendo's platform as well, but it's different than what's going on on PlayStation's platform. It's just different ways people are abusing the system. And it's smart. Don't get me wrong. It's super fucking smart. And if I was trying to make a quick buck and I was a game developer, I would definitely jump on these tactics because they work. I've bought so many games on the Switch that were one penny because I have those gold coins from Nintendo. So I'm basically getting it for free. Uh, and I definitely have bought those trophy games because they're like 99 cents and I get a platinum trophy that makes me look cool to gamers, right? So 
I, I I don't know. I don't want to take I don't want to take the publishing more serious because I don't want people to find it harder to put games out. But something has to be done. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is to it. I don't know if it's a if it's an algorithmic thing. If it's right. uh, you know, uh, it's the other thing is too is like there's like a sheer there's like a sheer volume issue now that didn't exist in the past. You know, we yeah. there was you go back even five, six, seven years. You know, there was a couple of releases every month. You know what I mean? Right. Now there's like a couple hundred releases every month of games from all over the world, which is great. But like how many of those games are actually quality, right? How many of those games are actually worth putting on your storefront? And the long and short of it is if a PlayStation wanted to, they could block all this shit from their store, right? right? It is your storefront. You can curate it however you want to. I don't know if that is the solution or not, but something's got to give. And the fact that discoverability is gone, it just, it just is is a real detriment to the people that are actually taking time to develop really high quality games that deserve an audience that are not going to find one because of shovelware bullshit. Right. I almost wish there was like a for you page built into the PlayStation store that uh, like TikTok's for you page where it knows what you like in it. And it tries to do that. There mm -hmm. is like a, some kind of an AI that tracks what you like and then it recommends you things, but they're never ever right. Or it's games I already own, but like a different version of a, of that. You know what I mean? Like it's just never anything substantial. So right. if they maybe changed the the you know algorithm to show games that I actually would be interested in, but they don't. They won't do that though because they make money off of marketing, putting games higher on the sure. on the list. You know, so it's all about money for them. Yeah. So I don't know what the solution is, but yeah, Plus, I know I know what the problem is. I'm sure PlayStation gets a cut of those trophy games too. Well, they absolutely do. So they might not even care. So they take 30% off the top. So there you have it. Yeah. Okay. Indie Intel, Brett. I'll tell you what the, what the game is that we're talking about, but what's Indie Intel? Yeah, Indie Intel is a segment where we take an indie game that we think looks really cool. Uh, one preferably that isn't 99 cents. That gives you a free platinum trophy for completing the game uh, or pushing a few buttons. Uh, this time, we're going to be talking about a game called Squirrel with a Gun, which is an upcoming indie game. I believe it's wishlistable on Steam. And Josh, you're going to run us through it real quick. It is. Right? It's not easy, but it's fun to be a squirrel with a gun. What an awesome tagline. That I just, is awesome, dude. I, I just want to say that's an awesome tagline. Squirrel with a Gun is a sandbox game that focuses on exploration and shooting combat. Defend yourself from random encounters with agents using various weapons. Deflect their melee attacks with an exceptional timing to disarm them. Climb and jump across platforms with your natural squirrel skills. Use weapon recoil to cross even greater gaps. Explore the neighborhood from a squirrel's eye view. Talk with residents of the neighborhood and help them out for goodies or mug them to get their goodies. You can wishlist it now on Steam Steam. there's no set release date i don't know what else you want me to tell you though it, i mean this game is called squirrel with the gun and you are quite literally a squirrel with a gun it looks a little earlier on in development yeah so i don't know when this will come out but when it's out it'll be good yeah this has serious um goat simulator vibes i was just gonna say that um in the best way i also i love their their splash screen key art here it's such so simple such simple font but it's like a super high res image of a squirrel that looks like it wants to kill somebody and uh this is awesome dude that's and, great and i don't know what else to tell you except that love a demo. this is awesome i mean look there, this there's a squirrel running with a fucking cake right here dude what else do you want i would love a demo. i mean this is a squirrel climbing in the air with the recoil of a fucking uzi I mean, that's, that's awesome. what do you want? What do you want? Cool. So yeah, you can wishlist this right now on Steam. It's being developed by Daniel uh, D'Entremont. So it looks like it's a single developer. This is the only game that they have listed on Steam. No release date yet. Uh, this thing blew up on Twitter, which is how I found out about it. Um, yep. So follow it on Twitter. Uh, go wishlist it on Steam. Squirrel right. with a gun. Very cool. Got the slick seal of approval. Brett. Josh, that's it. It's all over. Another episode of Haptocast. Done. That's right. I want to just do some plugs and then we can hang up our capes. Uh, guys, 
again, we have an audio only podcast. It's called Hapticast Unscripted. It's a little bit different than what you're listening to right now or watching right now. It's completely unscripted. There's no news. There's, I mean, we talk about the news, but there's no rundown. We just kind of talk about what's on our mind. I found it to be pretty funny uh, when I listened back to it. And, you know, we have a good time when we're, when we're recording it too. So we have an episode that dropped last Thursday. There's a preview of it on our YouTube channel. And also it's available on all platforms for streaming uh, audio. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, all those good places. If you haven't listened to that show, there's like four episodes out. And then this uh, Thursday, a brand new episode will be dropping. And I think actually, Josh, do you have anything else you want to add before I... I'm going to tease a little bit of, of who's going to be our special guest no. on Unscripted. No, like, comment, subscribe, uh, share it with your friends. We're close. We're really close to 600 subscribers. Uh, yeah. We're at 592. So uh, please share it and spread the good word. Uh, the Book of Haptic. And uh, that's it. That's it. All right. I'm going to give you guys a little preview as uh, to who our, our special guest is on this Thursday's episode of Hapticast Unscripted. So, um, Stay tuned. Hold on one second. Let me make sure he's there. My phone. I'm gonna try to get him to call in real quick. Okay. Should we go? Should we go to the outro scene? Um. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be okay. I think we could do that. Okay. Bye, bye, everybody. We'll see. See you guys. Hey. Hey, what's up? Would you Would you be interested in doing a quick little preview for this Thursday's episode? Yeah, we recorded it yesterday, but we're going to be releasing it on Thursday. Is that cool if you say a few words real quick if I put you on speakerphone? Awesome. All right, cool. Hold on one second. All right. All right uh, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, our special guest for this Thursday's episode. Have to cast unscripted. Here he is. And his name? He's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's right. And I'm horny. <laughs> Two days in a row, Mr. Freeman, that you've graced me with your presence. Two days in a row that I've been very, very horny. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Well, if you want to know what video games I've been playing, you can head over to all of your favorite podcast platforms and listen on this Thursday to Have to Cursed. Unscripted. Hell yeah. W energy. Save 10%. Thank you, Mr. Freeman. We are truly blessed to have you.